Tonight, you guys, like I said, are in for a huge treat. So over the past couple weeks, ever since we started this new year, we've been in a series talking all about how to talk to Jesus. Because at the beginning of any relationship, you guys know that communication is the most important thing. But a lot of us today, we are focused in the world today with talking to Jesus and making our voice heard and the truth that our communication with God, it's just my son, he'll go eat a popsicle, he'll be straight, love you, buster. Yeah, back up. Daddy's got to know that. I'm just going to shut up. 90% of communication is listening. And so we've been talking over the past couple of weeks how to hear the voice of God. And I don't know for some of you if that's a foreign concept to you or not, but the truth like we've dived into and dove into is that God wants to speak to you. Like literally the way that I'm speaking to you, you can actually hear the voice of God. Like the Bible is not the only way to hear his voice. That the most natural and normal part of your life as a follower of Jesus should be hearing the voice of God. The truth is, in order for you to do that, there's going to be other voices out there that you need to listen out for. And We talked about how you need to listen out for the voice of the enemy, because the voice of the enemy will completely deceive you into believing that thing in front of you will actually give you life until you get, get it and realize it was actually one of the worst things that ever happened to you, and it will distort God's plan for your life. And you need to also listen out for your own voice, because we all have that negative self-talk, because your own voice, it will demean you, and it will completely belittle the person God's called you to be. So you need to listen up to the voice of God. And then last week we talked about, you know, a couple ways that God speaks to the word and the whisper. And as we continue this series, uh, I'm going to take a break from the mic. And you guys are going to hear from one of my dear friends, somebody who was on staff at our church. She's not my wife, but she, uh, when you think of having a relationship with God and Holy Spirit, when you hear of somebody who, who knows what it's like to actually hear the voice of God, but like we talked about, actually be led by the voice of God. This woman is bar none. She is set apart. And I'm telling you guys, we say this all the time. Uh, when you're here, do not just listen to what we say. Don't just listen to what we say and just believe it's right. No, lean in to what we're about to dive into. Because I promise you, just like we say all the time, when you lean in to God, you will find that, man, he's been leaning into you and waiting to speak to you. All along. So I challenge you guys tonight, take notes, and don't try to write everything down that this person says, but wait and listen for the voice of God to say, that's what you need. This is what I want you to apply to your life. So this person, you guys are going to be blessed. It's an honor, and I have been waiting on this person to come and speak at our youth ministry ever since I was in youth, and she came and spoke on hashtag faith. So will you guys please give it up for my dear friend, Miss Jessica Broughton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kill it, girl. Kill it. Kill it. Yeah, let's go, Jess. Well, first I want to say thank you to Justin for allowing me in this position. Hello, Grace City Youth. Um, I am excited to talk about anything about Jesus, God. I love this book. It is alive and breathing and real. And uh, God has given us everything we need to live the life that he has called us to live. Um, <laughs> whatever, Chris. Um, but first of all, I want to say, again, thank you, Justin, for this opportunity. It's a blessing to me. Justin is a blessing. I love that I get to work with someone that sings loudly throughout the church. I love someone that when he walks into a room, he changes the atmosphere. So you guys have an awesome youth pastor, and he is my dear friend. 
So today we get to talk about hearing the voice of God. And um, before we do that, I want to start with prayer because I just believe that we want to invite the Holy Spirit to do what he want to do. I am a firm believer. I am a vessel to his flowers. I am a vase to the glory of God. It's not about me. It's about him and what he wants to do in you and through you tonight. So if you guys would join me in prayer and we will get started. Father, we thank you. For tonight we invite you into this room we say have your way I thank you that our ears are open to hear from you our eyes are open to see you that you are always moving you are always working on our behalf father we call every distraction that try to enter this room dead and gone in the name of Jesus devil you have to flee you have to bow down to the word of God in Jesus name and we just thank you for the prophetic that is going to be released tonight we thank you for the freedom that's going to happen tonight and some of you guys your life your life is going to change the trajectory of your life is changing tonight the God is because God is saying tonight I am your father I see you I love you and I have something to say to you in Jesus name amen, amen. all right so uh, when we talk about hearing the voice of God I was 16 when I uh, first heard the voice of God and I this is what I believe I believe yes God can speak in a small audible still voice but he also speaks through dreams and visions and God is not limited to how he speaks to his children and so when I was 16 I had my first vision and experience of hearing the word um, of God a word from God so I was 16 I was in a youth group and I was um, actually it was on a Sunday morning you ever attended a Sunday morning where you didn't listen to nothing the preacher said like I had to go to church because my dad was one of those people. You don't got to go to, to the church I go to, but you got to go somewhere. You got to go. So I was attending um, a local church, and he was, so the preacher just talked. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the service, he said, who wants to receive the Holy Spirit? And all of a sudden, I find myself at the altar with my sister, and we looking at each other, and we were like, how did we end up here? We didn't listen to anything he said all day, but... They prayed over us, we receive our spiritual language, and we receive the Holy Spirit. And so we get in the car, um, we get home, and so I'm the baby of five. I have three sisters and one brother. And um, so we'll call, I was with two of my other sisters that day, so we'll say, Sister A, Sister B. Sister A gets filled with the Holy Spirit. We get out of the car, she's praying, and I'm just like, okay, what is happening? And then Sister B catches on, and I want to tell you the presence of God was over my house. It was the craziest thing. And I'm like, what is happening? They are going crazy. So I was like, I'm going to make me some noodles. I'm going to go do my life. I'm going to go do Jessica. And all of a sudden, I knew God was calling me. So I turned off the, um, the cooking utensil thing or whatever I was using. And stove. I couldn't think of the name. Sorry. I was like going blank. And uh, I remember cutting it off. And I remember just surrendering. And that was my first time I had a vision of God. Put, I saw myself speaking to a crowd of people. And I, God said, you're going to go do ministry. And so that changed my life. At 16, um, when I decided to go to college, I went to a Christian school because I thought, okay, this is a guy has called me into ministry. He's going to lead me along the way. Some things change, but it changed the way I began to understand how God was speaking to me. And so it is so important for us to understand that God is always speaking and he's always moving. 
But if our ears are not open to hear him, you will not hear him. If our eyes are not open to see what he's doing, you will miss it. And it's, a so, it's a important because as much as God is whispering to us, the devil is shouting at us. As much as um, God is calling our name, the enemy is out there. And listen, all of us have a target on our back. The enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't care about you. His whole goal is to get you to go to hell. And that's why the battlefield is here. He attacks our minds. And the devil never, like, he, he always go with a crew. He, like, when you have one demon that come at you, just say doubt, insecurity, shame. All oh, they always flow with each other. And so if you don't understand what the voice of God sounds like, how do you know what is God and what is not of God? And so we have to come to know how does your father speak to you? What does he sound like to you? Again, for me, I hear a small, still voice, but it didn't always start off like that. Sometimes it was a gut instinct. You ever been, like, invited somewhere and you're like, ooh, I shouldn't go. That's not, I should not go. Something, I can't explain it. I don't have words around it. Trust that, please. Please, because that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and say, hey, don't do that. Don't go that place. It ain't right. I'm not before you. Something, something can happen. And so we have to learn how to slow ourselves down to hear the voice of God. And so I love the word because it's such a beautiful thing that we can open it up and we can learn what we need to learn. And so when I was starting to study for this, I want God led me to Samuel this morning. I got so excited by what he showed me. I called Justin and was like, can I add scriptures to the scene? So Julie, can you put 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10 on the screen? So I'm going to just read to you guys. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were, <clears throat> there were not many visions. I want you guys to remember that. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was there. I want to start right there for there, because Samuel was in a place to hear God because he came before God. The Ark of the Covenant of God was where he, his presence was before his people. And so Samuel could hear God because he got, he got in a quiet place. And I want to, like, and there's no excuse for us not to have a quiet place. I mean, some of you guys drive. My quiet place is my car, is my closet, is the shower, is wherever you got to do to get before God. And so get in a quiet place where you can meet God and he can meet you. Like Justin said, if we lean into God, I can guarantee you that you will meet him. It's 100%. I have never fasted. I have never leaned into God. And he was like, oh, I just forgot about you. No, it doesn't work that way. All right. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me, but Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Go to the next. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, <clears throat> said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. 
And then a third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling at the other, as, as, sorry, as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And what I found interesting, I want you guys to remember what I said. Eli understood that God was calling Samuel. <clears throat> there was no word and there was no vision to the people at that point. You want to know why? Because in chapter 2, and this is why we got to get in our word, because the story is it, just so amazing. In chapter 2, God just told Eli, yo, I'm going to kill your whole family. Because your priest, his sons, were doing evil. They were sleeping with the women of the, um, of the temple, the tabernacle. They were stealing from God. And God warned Eli, said, listen, you need to do something about this because how can they lead my people if they are doing wrong? So you want to know why the Israelites, who the prophets, who Eli was, he was the middleman between the people and God. So if you're doing wrong, how could they hear what God had for them if they're doing stuff, they, they can't listen to the voice of God? So the people suffered because the leaders weren't living the life that they should have. And so they didn't have visions. They didn't have words. It wasn't until Eli understood, oh, God is speaking to Samuel. The word of God is now coming back to his people. Because now I'm going to speak through Samuel to do what Eli couldn't do. There was a transference right there from one prophet to another that Samuel was able to hear the voice of God. You go to the next one. Did I read the? Oh, I did read that one. It says, <clears throat> in my version of the Bible, in the NIV, it says, the Lord came in verse 10, and he stood there, and he called Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord did three things. He came, he stood, and he called. Before, in the previous um, verses, he only called Samuel. It's only when Samuel knew how to answer God that he came before Samuel, stood there, and called him by name. And Samuel said, I am your servant. Jewish scholars believe that Samuel was 11 when all this happened. 11. God doesn't look at age. He doesn't look at limitations. He looks at the heart. Samuel had a heart for God. So I don't want to hear that I'm in sixth grade, I'm in seventh grade, I'm a 12th grader, I'm 17. I don't know. All that doesn't matter to God. Because if our ears are open to hear from him and if our heart posture is open to receive him, he will use you. There's no doubt about it. But in order to know what God sounds like, we got to spend time with him, right? So how many of you guys have a best friend, a best friend out of this whole world, right? Okay, they're good. I have friends. That's good. And so your best friend, you know your best friend because you spend time with your best friend. You hang out with your best friend. You know their mannerism. You know how they talk. So if you called your best friend on the phone and someone answered the phone that didn't sound like them and began to use words and language that your friends never use, what would you say? Who is this? This is not my friend. Who is on the phone? We have to be the same way with hearing the voice of God. Because when the enemy comes and he comes out here, we got to say, you don't sound like my father. This don't sound like the word of God. So I shouldn't believe the lies of the enemy over what God says. 
<clears throat> and as we begin to understand the language he uses towards us, we begin to decipher his voice from the lies of the enemy. There's something about when we press into God. It's the most beautiful thing because there, everybody has a house. Imagine every single person here is a house. You have distractions that are screaming at you, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. God will never meet the level of those distractions. He will always stay at a whisper. That's just who he is. Because he wants us to press in enough to hear to be like, okay, how do I know what sounds like my father? It is vital for us as we grow into our relationship with Christ to walk towards his words and not the lies. Because this is the thing, y'all. His words equal life, and the lies of the enemy equals death. And death sounds so final, so harsh. But in James 1, 15, it says, Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. And I, I find this verse interesting as I was reading and getting ready, because desire is going to happen. Temptation is going to happen. So as we give into it, something is conceived. But it gives birth and leads to sin. But look at it. Sin only gives to death when it's full grown. So you take a baby to an 18-year-old. That means I'm living in sin. That means sin is a part of my identity. That's, that's it's always a way out of sin. There's always a way out of sin. But it's only till it's full grown that it will lead to death. Y'all, we're in a battlefield. We're in a, a war of, for our hearts and for our minds, and we begin to hear the word of God. He will move us and change us and go in the right way. There are many important reasons we need to learn how to hear the voice of God, but I want to talk about two real quick. One is that so you can experience the love of your father in a personal way. You know what God desires to tell each and every one of you? I love you. I see you. I'm proud of you. I fearfully and wonderfully made you. And when the lies of the enemy tells you you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you don't sound like that, you don't look like that, you don't play sports like this person, all those things are comparison. And God doesn't compare you. He doesn't need to. He created you. And so when you begin to walk into that, you begin to understand the light that is inside of you. You begin to speak his words. Everybody in this room is designed for greatness. Now, whether we tap into it and we live it out, that's up to us. We're designed for the greatness of God to be shown through us. And this God will do a lot of things. He's a mighty God. We serve a wonderful father. But I'll tell you this, he will not, he will not override the words that come out of your mouth yep, yep. he he cannot it goes against his very word he won't and can't override what comes out of your mouth proverbs eighteen twenty one says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit i am a firm believer that we are always planting seeds and either we plant seeds of life or we plant seeds of death in the supernatural so if you only speak the word of God, you're, you're cultivating that soul. It's going to grow. But if you speak words of death and negativity, that's going to grow too. You ever had somebody that's always negative, like the negative Nancy's, woe is me, this happened to me, that happened to me, nothing good is going to happen in my life, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know why? Because that's all you speak. You don't, you're not speaking anything. You're not combating anything. You only speak. So you have what you have because you speak what you have. 
So if we can understand that the most powerful thing is our tongue, that's why the battlefield is of the mind, because if the devil can win your mind and get your attention, you will begin to speak what he tells you to speak. And so that's why we got to understand the voice of God. And he wants you to invite you into his world. People laugh at me all the time. I don't care anymore. I get up sometimes and be like, Holy Spirit, what should I wear? What should I do? How should I do this? How can I do that? I have cultivated a life where he is a part of my everyday thing. It has not been easy. I am not perfect. I jack up all the time. My coworkers in here can tell you I'm showing my, my, my little tail sometimes. But when you invite the Holy Spirit into a relationship with you, he'll begin to show you your original self. See, who we are in our, in our flesh is not the original self. Who we were in the garden, that's the original self. Being before God in one, and we can have heaven on earth, but we have to believe it and we have to speak it. Number two, so you can fight. Some of us be fighting the devil. We come to a gunfight with a butter knife thinking we're doing something. <laughs> You're not doing anything because we're not using the word of God to speak. Again, the devil is out to kill, still and short. The devil is that worst friend. Like, say we're in the sandbox. The devil will seduce you. Be like, go push that girl out the, the swing. And he'll, he'll, he'll amp you up. Push her out the swing. You push her out the swing, and then he's like, oh, okay, that's good. He'll justify it. And then when the teacher comes to get you in trouble, oh, yeah, the devil will tell on you, oh, that person didn't push that girl out the swing. The devil does not care. He does not care. And when you play in the enemy's sandbox, he does not play fair. This whole, why is this happening to me? This is not fair. He does not play fair. When you give your power away, you have elected for him to have control over you. So we have to understand that if you want to understand the voice of God, you got to know how to fight. So when those negativity thoughts come or those suicidal thoughts come or the depression come, all y'all have to say is Jesus. All you have to say is Jesus. And you can rebuke the devil. So this is the thing that he doesn't want you guys to understand. This is why I get so excited about the word. And I'm all, I could be all over the place. So I go, if I rattle on, I'm sorry. <clears throat> he don't want you to realize how powerful you are. He wants you to think you're weak and you can't do anything. And he got the world so twisted that the world think that the devil running stuff. He ain't, he's not. The devil is only doing what we allow him to do. So if you begin to understand the word of God and speak the word of God, he has to bow. There is no question about that. God said his word does not come back void. So when you say you have a thought that is not of you, say, I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. He has to flee. It's no questions as we are warriors of God. But it goes back to the tongue, right? If we begin to speak the word, fight with the word, you will always win. But if you fight with the words of your flesh, you will always lose. And so we have to understand that this is a a warfare over our power, over our mind, over your future, over your kids' future, over generational stuff. This is not just about today. He looking thousands of years ahead and saying, "How, how can I trip this person up? How can I change and affect their children, their children, children, by what they do today? It is the power, and I want you guys to understand that he has and what God has in you. God, Again, God has given us everything that we need to live this life as he called us to. 
But if we don't speak it, we don't believe it, we don't eat it, we'll be starving. And we have to pick it up and speak it. Because once we understand how powerful we are, I think a lot of us are standing out of our own houses where God has given us the keys and trying to figure out another way in. God said, you got to actively put the key in the door, turn it, open it, and walk through. But we keep waiting for somebody else to come around us and be like, well, how am I going to get in the house? God was like, well, I already gave you everything you needed to get in the house. But if you don't utilize it, you're just going to be stuck outside. And so a lot of times we're hearing the voice of God. It is a struggle because y'all, like, I'm way older than all y'all. So it's just I had to learn, is this me or is this God? And it's, it's, it's a growth. It's a journey. Don't beat yourself up. I've gotten stuff wrong a lot. The whole, you know, the Holy Spirit had, like, for me, when the Holy Spirit talked to me, he's very sarcastic. He's like, oh, you just put my name on that? I didn't tell you to go do that. And I'd be like, oh, okay. All right. My bad. I apologize. But it's something about learning the voice of God when you step into faith. So when I was living in Seattle, Washington, and um, we have the huge bus transit because downtown is too expensive for people to park. So everybody take the bus. Thousands of people take the bus. So I was at a bus transit, and I caught the eye of this young girl. I didn't think anything of it, but, you know, I just went about my way. And I heard the voice of God say, go buy her a cup of coffee. And I said, you want me to do what? And it's all in my head. Like, you want me to do what? I'm not going to buy that girl a cup of coffee. I don't know her. I don't know anything about her. She looks super young. I am, I'm not doing that. So I talked myself out of it. I heard the voice again say, go talk. Go buy that girl a cup of coffee. And then the enemy comes in. You're going to look stupid. You're going to look dumb. This ain't going to make no sense. So I'm, I'm not going to do it. Third time, go buy this girl a cup of coffee. I'm like, okay. We're going to do this. So I go to the girl. I say, hey, you don't know me, but can I buy you a cup of coffee? She was like, yeah. So we go in, and I'm thinking, okay, God, you're going to have to give me the rest of the words because I don't know what to say to her. And she began to tell the story about her and her relationship, and her boyfriend was in jail, and, um, <clears throat> and just telling a little bit about her life. And, and I just listened. I didn't really have to say anything. And I told her at the end of the conversation, because she had to get on her bus, and I think my bus was coming, I said, listen, call me if you need anything. I'll always pray for you. Just call me. I don't, she never called me. And a lot of that was me learning. God said, Jessica, I'm more interested in your obedience than your excuses. Because I don't know what that day meant to her. For me, it, it helped me grow in my relationship with God and understanding when he's calling me just to listen. But for her, it could have changed her life. Or maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't mean anything to her. But as we begin to build our ears to be cultivated to hear God's voice, there are some filters that we need that I think is is vital for us to understand when is God and when it's not God. So the first filter is the scripture filter. God will never speak to you contrary to what his word said. That is so true. God tells us to do the things that is his word. As a matter of fact, his word will confirm whatever word you have for yourself or you have for somebody else. And so if you feel... I mean, you guys are in middle school, high school, so maybe you feel like, man, I should really pray for that person. That's God. Or you ever get that thing, I need to text that person and just see how they're doing. You're hearing God. And all that is confirming is just, hey, that person could be struggling, God knowing that they're struggling, and you are the answer to their struggle. And so it's understanding that Scripture will always back it up. 
<clears throat> and so God would never just say, Jessica, go, go, go punch somebody. Just go punch Lex if Lex was here. No, why? Because that's contrary to his word. God would never tell me to go do something violent in a way that's not going to serve him. It will hurt her. And if it's hurt her, it hurts him. We also have to understand that, <clears throat> and this is just a side note for anybody that's struggling serving people that they don't like. I honestly believe God doesn't really care if we like a person. He wants to say he loves that person. And sometimes we don't like people because we don't understand them. But if we can slow down enough and ask the why, sometimes it's about us and our own crap. It ain't got nothing to do with the other person. And sometimes it is about that other person. And if we can learn to serve the people God loves, it changes the game. It changes the game. <clears throat> Number two, the father filter. <clears throat> God desires to talk to you as a father talked to you. And some, maybe some of you guys don't have a father at home. Let me tell you about God. He is love. He is passionate about you. He is kind. He wants to tell you, like I said before, that he loves you, that he cares about you. But don't get it twisted. He will correct you. Yeah. But the correction is, will lead you back to him and not away from him. And so understanding that he cares about you so much, and if the voice that you are hearing in your head is condemned, <clears throat> sorry, it's filled with shame and lies and doesn't produce love, it is not of God. It's simply not of God. Number three is the community filter. You guys are blessed. You're in a community right now. You have pastors. You have crew leaders. You have people that are older, that been a little head on the road in front of you. They can give you direction. And we all need people in our life to tell us the truth. I mean, not that like, oh, girl, I'm just going to tell you the nice stuff. No, you need somebody that's willing to hurt your feelings. You, will, you need somebody that's willing to be like, hey, let me tell you the truth because I love you. Because it changes the game when people's intentions are for you. So imagine if I was standing in the street, and I always like to use this example, and the street represented, you know, something I shouldn't be doing. I'm walking in the road, you know, cars are coming, and I have people on the sidewalk saying, yo, Jessica, there's a truck coming. You might want to get out the road. But I'm too busy doing what I'm doing, and I don't want to listen. They keep saying, hey, get out the road, because they can see further than what I can see. Hey, you, it's, it's, it's not, this road is not who God has called you to be. Maybe you shouldn't go to that party and maybe you shouldn't participate in this and maybe you shouldn't do that because that takes you away from the character of God. And the further we get away from the character of God, the harder it is to hear him. Yeah. If some of y'all struggling with hearing God, I would ask you, how close are you to him? Because sometimes we get a little too far and the whisper is harder to hear. And so it's like, get out this road. Cars are coming. You're going to get hit because something bad is going to happen. <clears throat> my dad used to always tell me, like I said before, I'm the baby of five. I lost my mom when I was 11, so um, <clears throat> I have a really close relationship with my dad. And he used to always say, Jessica, it's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust the world. Because I couldn't go nowhere until I was 15 by myself. I always take a sibling. I'm like, this is stupid. This is dumb. I can go by myself. And it wasn't until I get older, you're like, oh, oh, I see. This world, everybody in, your, uh, in this world doesn't have the best intentions for you. They simply don't. <clears throat> and we have to understand 
that God has the best intentions for us. God's word is not full of rules. It's full of gates to help us, keep us from us destroying ourselves. God's word, the light of it, leads us into the promises that he has for us. It is alive and breathing, y'all. And I, I, I keep saying that, but I just feel like God is saying some of you guys just really don't believe it's true. You second guess it. You just think this is for my parents, it's for older people, and I know what the truth is. If the truth doesn't come from here, you don't know the truth. And so I believe God is going to do something great tonight because this is the thing. Some of you guys here have the prophetic gift. You have the gift to give words to people. You have the gift. Every one of you guys have a gift, but God is going to elevate. And he's going to elevate because God is looking to and for all around the world. You know what he's looking for? People with pure hearts. People whose hearts would be in towards him. And I don't want you to miss out on the gift that he has for you, not tonight, but in the coming weeks, as I was talking to Justin about some great things that are coming. And I think God is going to open some of you guys' ears to fully hear what he is saying. Some of you guys already hear God. You just question it too much. And so understanding what that looks like and what that is. So when I was around 25 or 26, well, it was the year of, some of the year some of you guys were born to 2007 um I was in college <clears throat> excuse me I was in college no I finished college anyway that doesn't matter I felt like God gave me a vision one day he said you're gonna move to Washington the state I'm like I ain't moved to no Washington the state I ain't thinking of anything of it I kind of went on about my business and then a month later I heard God in a whisper say Hey, you moving to Seattle in September. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. You got the wrong one. I don't know anyone out there. I just don't understand it. The culture is different. He said it once. But every day I got up and I fought with God. I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. I ain't doing that. My family is here. Everything I'm settled is here. What you want me to go to Seattle for? And so I found a grad school, which is, like, crazy. I found a school out there, and it was in Seattle. That I want to go to. I was like, okay, that's fine. I can just fly back and forth. I can fly from Georgia to Seattle once a month. That's fine. And then I remember leaving a meeting. <clears throat> and I was at this meeting, and I don't remember what it was about. And I get in my car. I said, okay, God, I'm going to Seattle. So I apply to the school. I fly out to Seattle. I meet the president. I get in. And then I quit my job <clears throat> and be like, yo, I'm out. And then I called my parents. <laughs> and they were like, you crazy? Like, what, 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 what you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm moving, I'm moving to Seattle. They were like, to do what? I'm like, to go to school. They were like, I said, God told me to go. My dad was like, God didn't tell you to go. I was like, yes, he did. We started arguing back and forth about me moving to Seattle. And my, and my dad, out of the love for me, said, I don't agree with this decision, but I will pray for you, and I'll help you get there. So I sold everything I had. I got there. And I remember getting off the plane thinking, this is the worst decision I ever made. I did not hear God. Lord, have mercy. It was cold. It was rainy. If you know anything about the Northwest, it's not fun. But I will say this. It was the best decision I have ever made in my life to follow the voice of God. In those two years of my grad program, I got to love people that didn't look like me, didn't talk like me, didn't believe like me. It was a beautiful thing. But the most important thing is it was me and God. It was me and God in this thing. It was just me and him. And he was like, you got to depend on me, sister, because this is all you got. And I'm like, 
what? But he taught me how to hear his voice. He taught me how to lean in. He taught me that, Jessica, you are made for more than what you can see. And I need you to hear my voice so clearly. When I tell you to go, you go. When I tell you to stop, you stop. When I tell you, you move to move. Because there's people on the other side of your obedience that's waiting for you to walk through. Go back to Samuel. Samuel was 11, right? We're going back to that thing. He was one of the most successful prophets. Samuel anointed the first king of Israel. And then he anointed David, who in the New Testament, they call Jesus the son of David. It was his obedience that God used to change a nation. So what obedience is God waiting for you to do to change somebody around you? Sometimes we think big. Sometimes it's that family member. Sometimes it's that friend. Sometimes it's your school. God is looking to give people nations, I believe. He wants his word to go forth. Will you go if he tell you to go? Learning to cultivating the voice of God, y'all, it takes time. But you are young and you got time. I believe you got time on your side. Because if I was your age learning, know what I know now, I would have did things totally different in my life when I was that younger. But I can't change that. I am where I am today because I'm here speaking before you to remind you to cultivate the voice of God. Really listen to him. Go to a community of people, and even if you feel like you're hearing God, ask somebody why I say, hey, does this sound like God? Go to your crew leaders. Hey, I feel like God is calling me to do this. Sorry, y'all. Calling me to do this. Does this sound like him? If you don't know, there's no stupid question. Now, when it comes to the word of God, utilize your pastors. Talk to them. And so I want to close out in prayer <clears throat> because... One, it's time for that next step. But two, um, I, wanna, I just feel in my spirit what God is saying. There's, there's particularly a young female here or just somebody here that is saying, I feel like I hear the voice of God, but I'm not 100% sure about it. And I want, you want to get confirmation tonight. And I feel like God is going to give you confirmation. There's also somebody here, I feel right now, that the depression feels so heavy, you feel like you can't even breathe. And God said, I want to free you tonight. Because this is the love of our Father for us to walk into the freedom and the glory of who He is. You don't have to struggle by yourself. You don't have to do this thing of life by yourself. God has so much for you on the other side. And I would shout it from the rooftops if I could that he has the goodness for you. Don't let today stop you from entering what tomorrow will bring. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your goodness that you have given each, every person in this place right now. We thank you for the gifts that you are dropping right now in the name of Jesus the gift of wisdom, and the prophetic gift, Holy Spirit. And we thank you for your love wrapping around your children. Let their ears be open to hear from you. I call all distractions right now dead and gone, and that their ears are open to hear from God, not just in this place, but when they get home and when they go to school and when they meet you in their quiet time, that you would just saturate them, overwhelm them with the presence of God. Father, we thank you that we get to partner with you, that you love us so much that you never stop calling our name. 
No matter how far we get on the other side, you are still calling us. You are still pursuing us. You are still saying, I want you. I love you. I gave my son to die for you. And I will do it again and again and again. So shame that's in this room fall off right now in the name of Jesus. And that the oil and anointing of truth is falling on you. And God is saying, culture does not dictate your identity. I dictate your identity. Because he created you with purpose and intention. Nothing is wasted. Even when you feel like I'm so far gone, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. And God said, tonight, I just want you to know I love you. Turn back to me. Seek me in the goodness that I am. And I promise you, I will show up and love you for who you are. So, Father, we thank you for your love that is here right now. And we thank you for the gifts. And we thank you for the opportunity to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give it up for Jessica real quick. Yo, I've been waiting on that for the past five years. I hope, man, you guys took notes. Hope you guys leaned in. She said, there's so many things. I love what she said when she said, man, the devil does not want you to know how powerful you are. Man, if you guys could understand just how small the enemy is, you would not live in fear. If you guys are living in fear, you're living in less. There's so much more for you. And I love what she said, too. We're going to dive into this. Uh, Revive night. God cares about obedience. Even if you fail, you succeed because you obey. So I don't, I don't know what word, you know, you feel like you're hearing from God or you're holding back on, but trust me, he cares about your heart. And the more you obey, the more he has to say, and you'll begin to walk in your purpose. He wants to speak to those that are listening, man. So thank you, Jessica, so much for that. Real quick, uh, just uh, before we go to cruise, we're going to spend a little bit less time in cruise, but I, I want to lead us in this moment real quick. Um, if you ever have made a decision to follow Jesus, if you've ever said yes to Jesus, we need you to know that is one of the most important decisions that you will ever make. Many of you have made that decision. Many of you have said yes to follow Jesus, and you've been following him maybe for a day, maybe for a week, maybe for years now. But guys, there is something more for you. There was a story of a lady. Uh, she dealt really heavy in the satanic and the occult. And, and her and her boyfriend, they would always do these satanic rituals. They would do Ouija boards, all this stuff. And, and one day she was invited to church, kind of like what we do here. And God showed up in a way that was more powerful than anything that she had ever encountered in, in her home with her boyfriend. And she, she was shocked. She never knew power could exist like that. And she, and she gave her life completely to Jesus. And as you guys know, whenever you get, you know, give your life to Jesus, you have this passion that, that, that's so real and you want to tell everybody. So she goes home to her boyfriend and he was furious. He throws her in the car, goes up to the pastor's office and says, what did you do to my girlfriend? Like begins to go after the pastor. And it was funny, like this guy was beyond livid because he thought he still had a chance. And he said, and the pastor told him, he said, dude, you missed it. It was the most beautiful thing you'd ever seen. She gave her life to Jesus, and then we got to water baptize her right after that. His face dropped. It's too late. And the guy walked out. 
crazy because this guy who dealt in the satanic, he understood there's a difference between saying yes to Jesus and going public with Jesus. Like what you need to know, there's a biblical principle for water baptism. Guys, this is not just a symbol. Like water baptism is not just a symbolic act to say, okay, I'm gonna get in this hot tub and you know, I die with Jesus and I raise up. There's something supernatural that takes place. It is a funeral to your old way of life. So many of you have said yes to Jesus, but you're carrying around the baggage of your old life when you said no to Jesus. Guys, that is why there's a new way. That is why when you go down in the waters of baptism, it says that you are literally cleansed of your whole old way and you come up a new creation. The guy who literally worshiped Satan, he gave up because he knew the power that literally was resurrected in Jesus that comes in you when you come out of the waters. I challenge you guys tonight, but we have water baptism this Sunday. If you've said yes to Jesus and you've never said yes to water baptism, guys, you are missing out. You are missing out on the power that is yours. You are missing out, like just said, on the more that is yours. And so, guys, I want to challenge you with every fiber of my being. Do not miss out on the opportunity that is yours. Yes, say yes to Jesus. That is incredible. But it's, it's going public. There was a guy, he... He was a drug dealer, and, I, and I'm going to shut up. I just get really excited about this, and then we're going to go to cruise. Uh, the pastor, he, he pastored all these drug dealers and addicts, and he would have people come and get baptized, and when they would get baptized, they would hand out invite cards to their funeral. Like, what? So there was a guy, his name was Joey. He was a drug dealer, and so he got saved, and so he went and passed out invite cards to his funeral to all of his family members. Like, What? So he invites all his family members, all his friends to come to his funeral. And his friends are depressed because Joey's dead. So they come to the funeral. There's this big tank of water. And Joey walks out. They thought he was dead. He said, today my old life dies. And today I'm going to walk a new life. When I, when I enter these waters, my whole life, we're having a funeral for my old way of life. And I'm coming out new. And he said in the 20 years that he's been pastor, every single time somebody gets baptized, they hand out invite cards to their funeral. They've never in the history had somebody fall away from Jesus after doing this. It's because they understood the power of water baptism. Guys, I challenge you, if you have never done this, this is your moment. I don't know if God's speaking to you right now. And I'm not going to call you out, whatever. He cares about the heart. I'm not going to do the whole raise hand, countdown to three, do our ABCs, jumping down, do a jumping jack, whatever you want to do. If you want to do that, Jack, whatever you want to do. Here's the thing. You hear it. If that's a decision you've never made, God is speaking to you. And so what we're going to do after cruise, they're going to have a sign-up table uh, out there, and you can sign up. And we're going to go until 7.50 in our cruise. So we're going to go a little shorter tonight. And at 7.50, if you have signed up for water baptism or if you are interested in it, uh, me and you guys, we're going to meet in here and just talk a little bit more about what that looks like, why this is one of the greatest decisions you'll ever make. And I just want to personally just pray over you guys. Because I'm telling you, the moment you step out of this, the enemy's going to come knocking at your door. But remember, it's too late. He has nothing over you. And so I want to challenge you guys to make that decision tonight. But I'm going to pray, and we're going to go to our cruise right now. God, I thank you so much. Uh, thank you for Jess and her obedience to come and, and, and share. And I thank you for every single one of us that we got to listen. And I pray today, God, that um, every single one of your children that you are calling to make that step of water. I pray that it would, it would take place. And I pray that their families, their friends would experience the benefit of their obedience. God, I pray for Cruz tonight that it'll be awesome, fun. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.